join our mar- multi-level marketing scheme for essential oils. I'm good. Welcome to the Beards and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore, and on Twitter at beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts Rick and Patrick for this week's discussion. Welcome back to episode number 11 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am your host, one of your hosts, and uh, my name is Rick. And I am your other host, and my name is Patrick. And we are happy to be back with you. Uh, We are stepping stepping into the month of October, and we're going to do something. We mentioned this in the last podcast. For the month of October, we are going to only do Oktoberfest beers. Yep, that's what we're doing. That, so we're gonna we're for the next four episodes, we're only gonna do Oktoberfest beers. So if you know of a good Oktoberfest beer, then let us know. Yeah, because we want to try some. Now, for the one we have up up on tap tonight, this is probably one of the most popular Oktoberfest beers. Um, and and by admission, I have had it, but Patrick has not had it. Yeah, and um, couple things here. I have never had an Oktoberfest beer of any any kind. So this will be my this is my first Oktoberfest beer. And also remember back to like episode one where we said we weren't gonna do any of the big box beers. You said we weren't gonna try. We were gonna try to avoid the big boxes. Well, we we're not we're, gonna make it. <laughs> they're, they're not hey, look. Okay, so we're doing Sam Adams. Sam Adams Oktoberfest, and and Sam Adams is a major manufacturer of beer, but they're not any of they're not at least in the top five. Yeah, so I, I suppose because you have Anheuser is the biggest one, so that's all the buds and Bud Lights. Then you have Miller, you have um, Yingling Coors, Yingling, Coors, all of those guys. All, are like, all I'm saying is I've seen as many Sam Adams commercials as I've seen. You're Some of those other ones. Yeah. I mean, they're they're big. They're there's no doubt that they're big, and and they're I mean they're a nationally known company. So we we are going to try to avoid them. But but uh, for this first one, I was like, let's just since we're doing all Oktoberfests, let's kick it off with one that that everybody's probably going to know. I, I kind of have a rating that I've, but I will say, hey, it's been it's been a year or two since I've drank one, so it's been it's mm. been a hot minute. Since I've had one, because they only Sam Adams only makes this like September and October, right? So if you don't, and 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 a lot of times they'll sell out because it's one of the more popular ones. People really like it, right? Um, they'll sell out before the month of October is up because they only make a certain amount, and and once they make that amount, once it sells out, it's done. Like it's, right, it's gone. So yeah, the where I got mine, we got our separate. I don't know if you can tell, but we're we're remote recording yeah, we're again. Remote recording again. So, um, but where I got mine, the only, this is the only Oktoberfest beer they had and they only had it in 12 packs. So really? 
Dude, yeah. so I, I went to I went to the normal place. Um that we our normal to, our normal place that we go to and well no no no, I'm sorry. One we have two different places. It's the first one. Um, and this was the only Oktoberfest they had, and they have a like, I mean, they have a fairly good selection of beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was. Did you go to the better one or the one that's a little the, less? The not so good one. You went to the, the not so good one. Yeah, okay. The not so good. That one. Just a little it. bit closer. I got you. Um. So, but I like I had to look. I was like, I was like, it should be really easy to find Sam Adams. I'm sure they have like a hundred cases, and no, they had like three cases and yeah. three six packs, and that was it. When you go to a package so, store, do like if you kind of walk around kind of aimlessly do you ever get the sensation that the people behind the counter are like hey go away yeah i saw that so all right newsflash newsflash we are also following a baseball game while we're recording this so we might seem a little distracted i'm just gonna catch at least for a while at least for a few minutes so at like the end of the game so 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 i i just had to uh, secretly announce the score to patrick and that that's that's what that pause was right there yeah so anyway but yeah when you're in a package store if you're if you don't go in there like you don't go like straight to something and get it and go to the counter do they ever like does it feel like they're ever kind of trying to like shoot you out um or is that felt that way maybe that's just the package store i go to that's by the house yeah anyway I've i've never felt that way at any package store i did have i was uh i was trying to pick out some rum one time and and the lady was lady came over and she's like, Can I help you find something? And I was like, I really want to try some some rum, but I want something different. Like I want something that I haven't ever had before. And that was that was how I came across the rum Kraken. She hmm. said, Have you ever had this? And I said, No. And she said, Have you ever heard of this other? So there was this other one that Captain Morgan used to make called Tattoo. And mm-hmm. it was it was the black spiced rum. Um and and she said, Do you like tattoo? I was like, I loved tattoo but they don't make it anymore she said if you like tattoo you're gonna like this stuff and then there you go that's how i found kraken that nice is lady, a nice lady at the package store introduced me to kraken that's that's a cool story so the package store that i go to the lady that runs that is all almost always behind the counter is it seems like she's trying to get me in and out as quickly as possible she might be she might be running a drug ring i don't know <laughs> so the liquor store is just a cover yep it is a bad cover, but it's a cover nonetheless. <laughs> okay, so uh, so gone to Sam Adams, SamuelAdams.com. Samuel Adams. Can't just go to Sam Adams. That's not a thing. Um, I'll read the bottle while he's pulling it up. Yeah. Um, this is a lager. Mm-hmm. 5.3% ABV. Mm-hmm. 16, 16 IBUs. Yep. Um, the, they describe their taste as smooth with a roasty sweetness and light hop character. I've I've never actually looked into what uh what classifies a Oktoberfest. Like what 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 makes it an Oktoberfest cuz they're all I mean they're all custom and it's a custom malt. Yeah. Um but like what flavors is it that classifies it as an Oktoberfest? Does it say Well, it? well, the malt varieties that it has here are uh Sam Samuel Adams two row pale malt blend, mm-hmm. Munich 10 Samuel Adams Oktoberfest malt and caramel sixty. Okay, so it's just whatever. It's just a version of the malt that they use that they call Oktoberfest. So whatever flavors make up that. Okay, that's fair enough. All right. Well, so here we go. Well, this is uh, this is Sam Adams Oktoberfest for the next four weeks. Is what we're going to be diving into different Oktoberfest beers for the month of October. And uh, let's crack them open and see how we go. 
Your cat pop was way better than mine. Um, I think mine hit the floor. Yours always hits the floor. You like throw it when you pop it off. I think it's because I'm sitting in a bar stool and not in my uh, normal like down. So my arms are up higher to get it up by the mic or something. Also, Rick is a little under the weather tonight. Yeah, so you, you might hear me coughing every now and then. I'm a little bit recovering. Our our family has been been on the sick train for the last week or so. Been passing it around, and I think I was one of the last ones to get it. So that's I'm, all, that's I'm, always that's always good for the family just to just to pass that around to everybody. You can like your whole family can never get sick at one time. It has to be like one person gets sick, and then when they get better, the next person starts feeling sick, and and it's like this cycle of never ending torture for like three weeks. So, all well, right. here we go. Let's dive into Sam Adams Oktoberfest for our first ever. Oktoberfest celebration month. Bing, clink. Clink. I remember why I like Oktoberfest now. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. And like I said, this is my first Oktoberfest that I've ever had. It's been it's been two years since I've had one, at least. I usually go out and buy at least one six pack in October, but it seems like I didn't do that last October because we were doing something. But now I remember why I used to go buy a six-pack every October. Because that's good. You yeah, can, the, the caramel flavor is good in it. Mm-hmm. The, um, yeah, the IBU is, what, 16? 16. It's not bitter. It's not bitter at all. No, which it shouldn't um, be with that low of an IBU. No, I mean, it really, it's really very pleasant to the to the taste buds there yeah and i I, i'll tell you what i like uh what i remember now that i'm remembering this one i love how smooth this one is a Mm -hmm. lot of times when you get one that that's like a a darker caramel flavor it's gonna be it's gonna seem thicker yeah and sometimes they're not real smooth like they they almost have that stout oh so guess what i saw an advertisement for totally side training right here okay we're going to have to do this one, and it's going to involve another major uh, manufacturer. Um, I think Yingling, I might. Oh, nope. Yingling is doing a limited release chocolate stout made with Hershey's. Dude. I saw an advertisement for it, and I was like, OMG. You know, you know what we should do in November, because it's Thanksgiving, since the next three months are, like, themed or whatever? Do chocolate stouts? No, we should do, like, we should find, like... Like some kind of flavor for like that, like something that is associated with Thanksgiving or whatever. And then Christmas, I don't know what we do there. Yeah, that would be, that would be fun. So anyway, all right. So yeah, it's, this one's real smooth. Um, I like it. I'm remembering why I like it and I'm remembering how much I did like it. And I'm drinking bigger gulps of this than anything we've had. Yeah. Just see that. Cause it's, I mean, it's smooth enough to do that. Like my glass is almost half empty. Yeah, I'm still. I'm. I'm going a little bit slower. Well, you are tonight. All right, you go first. You give it a rating. I want to see what you give it because hmm. I, I kind of knew what I was going to give it even before because I remember it a little bit. All right, so you know, last episode we had the Gaelic ale, which I gave a five. The first so, five star rating. So that is Luther five Luthers, 
first five Luthers we, that we've had here. Um, so that's going to be my standard moving forward until we reach something else, and then I'll figure out what I'm doing from there. <laughs> but um, this one's, I don't feel like it's quite as good as the Gaelic Ale mm-hmm. from Highland. I would agree um, with that. I do think it's probably on par with the Dragon's Milk. Okay. So I'm going to come in at four and a half Luthers. Four and a half, okay. I'm a little bit lower than you. I I, I kind of knew this from the beginning. I, I'm going to give it four. Um, I, I really do like this beer. Um, and, and it's like a, it's one of those beers that I could drink with just about anything. So it's a, it's a multi-purpose beer for me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm, if I'm hanging out, not eating or just snacking, or if I'm sitting down with a dinner, I could enjoy it either way. And, uh, the website so, does say it's good with small plates, entrees or desserts. Yeah. I, I could see it so. being good with desserts. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a solid four. Um, just because I feel like there might be a better Oktoberfest out there that I haven't had yet. Cause mm-hmm. I think Sam, I, I think Sam Adams and maybe one other one, I can't remember the name of it is the only Oktoberfest that I've actually ever had. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's going to be a better one out there and we're probably going to come across it. So especially if our great listeners will suggest an Oktoberfest yes. for us, suggest us your favorite Oktoberfest beer at our email beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com because we want to know, but yeah, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it four because I do like this one. This is a mm-hmm. good, solid, well-made. They're consistent. I, I, the, the one thing that I do like about the, the Sam Adams Oktoberfest is it never tastes different. Like as soon as I drank it, I remembered exactly what it's supposed to taste mm-hmm. like from two years ago because it was, gotcha. it was that good two years ago and it's as good as it. And so the, the, problem that a lot of breweries will run into with brewing a beer for just a limited amount of time is if they ever brew it again if they don't do it exactly like they did the first time they get inconsistent taste or flavor yeah or whatever and i think that's i think that's why sam adams has a has the luxury to change the bottle because our two bottles aren't even the same no they're not we didn't discuss that but like uh, yeah your bottle looks different than mine does mine just has brewer patriot on it yeah, it's Sam Adams. Yours has like a little logo and stuff on it. it has a logo and like a a Stein, beer Stein. Yeah, I want to. I want a beer Stein. I want to go to Germany and get a beer Stein one day. That'll be fun. So, all right. Four, well, there we go. Four and four and a half on yeah, so the uh, come, on the first Oktoberfest of the year. Mm-hmm. Out of five, so it's, five. that's a, that's a really good rating. Yeah, yeah. Sam Adams, you're doing it right. It's, I mean. Even for a big guy, we appreciate you. We appreciate you making quality beer. Uh, Sam Adams Brewery. Samuel Adams Brewery. And uh, there it is. We are uh, We're going to move now into Concise Theology. We're going to talk tonight about Providence and Miracles. So stick around. All right, we are back, and we are glad to be with you here on the Beers and Bible Podcast. We are still finishing up our Sam Adams Oktoberfest, and we're going to dive into Providence and Miracles tonight from J.I. Packer's book, Concise Theology. Um, The first thing when we—let's talk about Providence. The first thing when we think when we talk about Providence, uh, 
What comes to your mind, Patrick? Um, so providence is one of those words that's kind of like, um, I feel like it's tossed around in church a lot, but not really explained. Yep. Um, Packer defines it as that God governs the world. So yes. God is not just like this creator that set everything into motion and then was hands off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that would be the, deism. Yeah. Which, yeah. So um, the verse that Packer uses is Proverbs sixteen thirty three. Um, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Yeah. If you ever want a really good chapter on providence, just go read all of Proverbs sixteen. Like mm-hmm. that's probably that's probably one of my favorite chapters on on the providence of God. But there's there's plenty of other verses, and, and Packer gets into this into this on on into the section. Um, one of the yes. other verses that I like is it, it doesn't necessarily speak to his governance, but it talks about um the earth being Lord's in that Psalm twenty four one where it says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Um, the earth and all those who dwell therein. Mm-hmm. So, so you have you know you have this idea that that if the earth is the Lord's, then everything that is in the earth, everything that is of the earth, is under the rule of the of God, right? And so now, now the the one of the key distinctions here is is there is a big difference between providence and sovereignty, right? Um, you know, and and there there is some joint jointness together there is some some overlap of these two things you know part of mm-hmm. his sovereignty extends into his providence and and part of his and and his providence is because of his sovereignty but when we talk about about god governing the world well we're talking about the the actual acts of governing creation and and, and i really enjoyed um how packer said this this is this is right right straight out of Packer. It says, If creation was a unique exercise of divine energy causing the world to be, providence is a continued exercise of that same energy whereby the creator, according to his own will, A, keeps all creatures in being, B, involves himself in all events, and C, directs all things to their appointed end. That to me is is probably the best explanation, just kind of general explanation of what providence mm-hmm. actually is. Yeah, because it, it, it establishes that God created the earth, that creation shows God's divine energy in his creation, mm-hmm. but it also explains how providence is a continuous action. God is continually involved in his creation. Yeah, yeah. But, and, he's, and, using, but he's using the same energy from when he created to be involved in, providentially in his creation yeah yep so so packer gets into this and and he gives us he gives a list he borrows from a theologian named lewis burkoff who is a pretty well respected um theologian especially in in more more reformed circles of theology a lot of guys Mm -hmm. but uh a lot of guys that i know respect him so um he he gives this list of Ten different things and throughout Scripture, and he he gives Scripture for each one of them. And at least I want to go through this list and just kind of briefly hit on each one of these. Um, and it starts off. It says the Bible clearly teaches God's providential control, and then he he goes into this list. Number one, over the universe at large. So 
talking about the the song the Proverbs sixteen thirty three passage and the Psalm twenty four passage. Um, God, I mean, you have to say that that everything that that is in the earth is upheld by the hand of God, right? But he's he's, I mean, he's also saying not just the earth but the entire universe. So yeah, the planets and the stars and the yeah. galaxies and the entire cosmos, all of that is clearly under God's the control. Providence of God, the providence of God. Yeah. And so, um, the couple of the verses he lists here: Psalm one hundred three nineteen, Daniel four thirty five, and Ephesians one eleven. Uh, if you want to go go look into those, the next one that he lists is is over the physical world. So he's kind of narrowed it down a little bit from the universe, the cosmos, um, stars and skies, and all that, and kind of said, okay, now now we're narrowing it down to just our physical world. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he lists Job Job thirty seven there as as one of the things I think I really think the whole book of Job is a is an exercise in God's providence because you have um, you have God inflicting evil and we're going to talk about evil in just a little bit. I mean, what what we would define as evil. I mean, the guy's family dies, his cattle die, his wife tells him to curse God and die. I mean, it's it's terrible. His friends are the worst. Yeah, yeah. His his friends are terrible, and and uh, you know, and and at the end of that, it's he he approach God approaches Job not not physically, but God basically says to Job, you know, where were you when I made the world? Where were you when I uh, mm-hmm. upheld all of this stuff? Where were you when I created? Where were you when I breathed life into this stuff? You know, you don't have anything to say about this, so. You, you, I mean, basically, he's telling Job, "Know your role <laughs> and stay in your lane. <laughs> stay in your lane, bro. Stay in your lane." You know, um, but but uh, but yeah. So I mean, we we see God actively involved in mm-hmm. the earth, the activities of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can't you can't really get that far in the Old Testament and and the words of the prophets and the nation of Israel and the surrounding nations and not not see God's activity and God's hand in in the earth and in the the events that happen on the earth. Right. So what's the next one? Take us through the next yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I'll go through the next one. So uh next Packer just says that uh God's providential control is clearly taught um over the through the or over the brute of creation. One of the verses he lists here is Psalm one oh four twenty one. I pulled it up says the young lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. So, I mean, that means that like every creature has its, will have its needs taken care of, provided for God. God is intimately involved in every detail. Like not just the affairs of man. We'll get into that in a second, but he's also interested in the affairs of all of his creation. Yeah. And, and, he created every living creature and he cares that not about their eternity. Cause I mean, I don't believe that that's, that's part of that. It's but, not about um, all dogs going to heaven. No, it's not, but it's all, but it is about like every creature that is created having its needs. Yeah. It's physical needs net. Yeah. Physical needs needs met. met. Gosh. It's, it's interesting that he listed Matthew six twenty six because that's right. Slap in the middle of the sermon on the Mount. And mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm remembering this section right, um, he's he's basically saying, "Hey, don't worry about tomorrow. 
Don't worry about your food. Don't worry about your shelter. Don't worry about anything. Because if God takes care of the the plants that he, I think he lists the lilies of the field. And he says, if, if he adorns the lilies to shade the grass, to supply shade mm-hmm. for the grass, how much more is he going to care for you? You know, grass yeah. is here one day and then blown away the next day. Mm-hmm. But yet he still provides lilies of the field to, to give shade for the grass, to take care of the grass. Right. So he, you know, you see his providence in that, in the care of the, of the ground. Yeah. But, but, and so because of but, that, but how much, but how much more does God care about the affairs of man? Man, Yeah. His special creation so, is, I mm-hmm. mean, that's what, is what Genesis calls it. The, his, the, on, the only cre the only creature that he created that was made in his image. Mm-hmm. So to, ha- to have a special relationship mm-hmm. with him so yeah. that he could be involved in the mm-hmm. affairs of the world. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So what's next? The next Pack- yeah. Packer just goes, he says over the affairs of nations, he, he, uh, uses Job twelve twenty three, Psalm twenty two twenty eight, and a couple other verses there. I think that's really important too, to just, just to talk about how every nation that exists, God cares, like, God has been involved in the creation and the sustainment. And if it's fallen, the fall of every nation or every empire that's ever existed. Mm -hmm. Um, This is is one of the key things behind um, why as citizens of, of whatever country you're living in, if you're, if you're a Christian, if you profess Christ, then, then this is one of the key reasons why you should be praying for your leaders. Um, mm-hmm. And not not praying, you know, oh, God, make them successful in their agenda, but praying for their soul, you know, praying for their salvation, praying for um, praying for for them to to seek to make wise decisions yeah. and to and to lead accordingly um, for God to guide them yeah. to 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 be effective leaders in their role. <laughs> yeah. You know, in where I'll, we are, there's so much dissension yeah. between our current leader. <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and give it away. We are in the United States. What? Um, <laughs> okay. So we're, we are in the United States, but, but, and, and there was, there was a, a big kind of brouhaha a few months ago when, when a, a major pastor in the United States by the name of David Platt prayed for president Trump at the end of a worship service. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and people got all up in arms about ridiculous things. And, and when I went and watched the video of him doing it, like, I thought to myself, this is probably one of the best examples of how you can actually pray for your leader effectively. Yeah. Because he, I mean, he prayed the gospel over Donald Trump. He prayed for the wisdom of Donald Trump. He prayed all of these things biblically straight from Scripture. And and that's exactly what we're called to do as Christians. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we don't, we, we're not called to agree with everything our leader does. And do I agree with everything that Donald Trump says and does? No. But no. I, I'm going to recognize that God put him in that position, yeah, as the leader of this country that God has put me in, yeah. And it's my responsibility as a believer to pray for Trump to, and to pray for the other, other politicians and elected officials in our country. Pray for so, the elected officials that you don't agree with, yeah. You know whether that's Trump or whether you voted for Trump or you didn't vote for Trump, you should still pray for him. And this was, you know, to me, this was obvious um, previously because, you know, when in 2008, when when President Barack Obama was elected, you know, Christians were like, oh, my gosh, the end of the world is coming. You know, 
Jesus is going to return now because there's not a Republican in office. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, you know, I'm going to do the exact same thing that I did for George W. Bush. I'm going to pray mm-hmm. for President Obama. Yep. You know, and, and, and that's what we're called to do. And so, but all that to say that, that God is, God's providence reigns over the affairs of the nations. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'll hit these next few kind of really quick because we're not going to spend a whole lot of time. That one, that was kind of one of the ones I want. I did want to spend a little bit of time on because it, it affects so much of our life. But next, um, he says, you know, uh, God's providence extends over a man's birth and lot in life. And um, I mean, just look to Psalm 139 on that one. Mm-hmm. And, and it's pretty simple. Um, over the outward successes and failures of men's lives. Um, again, you can go back to Proverbs 16, where it says the Lord makes or the man makes plans in his heart, but the Lord guides his steps. Um, so the you know you, the the whole point of providence is we are to be seeking the will of God for our life. We're we're to be finding out. It's not you know I, I hear I always hear him quote like Matthew six thirty three where it says seek seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Well, they they always forget the seek first the kingdom of God. They just hear all these things will be added and they're like oh. You're going to be wealthy. You're going to be prosperous. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. No, that's not what it says. He's mm-hmm. saying when you seek first the kingdom of God, all the things that he's already talked about, which he's already talked about, um, God, we just talked about God clothing, not being worried, not, you know, not worrying about where your next meal is going to come from. These are the things that are going to be added to you. So what he's saying is when you seek the kingdom of God, your needs are going to be met, period. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. not your wants, but your needs yeah. are going to be met. So yeah. And if God chooses to give you abundantly more than what you need, then that's a blessing from God, and that's and that's how you should view it. You shouldn't view it as something that you deserve or earn, exactly, or or, sh- or should have gotten because of anything you did. Because there's nothing you can do to yeah. um, deserve those good things. Yeah, everything that has that is provided for you is provided at the hand of God. Exactly, and and you need to steward it accordingly. So, um, there it is. The, the successes and failures of men's life. The next one is very similar to it over the things that are seemingly accidental or insignificant, insignificant. And, uh, you know, that again, we, we tend to write off little things that happen as, as luck or fate. And we're going to talk about that in a second, but, um, so incidental things, the protection of the righteous, um, and even even in the, I, I would even go as far as to say the protection of the unrighteous. You know, you you get mm. into that sermon on the mountain. It says God causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. You know, exactly. Somebody who's unjust still gets the rain because of the righteous righteous person. And I I can't remember exactly what it was, but it seems like there was a study a while back that found out that when when Christians who who held a high moral standard moved into a community, a lot of times like that community overall would be affected by that group living there that and so mm. you know i'm always mm. encouraged to hear stories like that because that's what we're supposed to be as christians we're supposed to affect the people who are around us right. because of our because of our life because of the way we live our lives we're supposed to affect the people around us mm. um and that ends up making their lives better because of because of our righteousness now it's not don't hear what i just said it's not our righteousness. It's God's righteousness through us is what it is. Yes. You yeah. know, he, he works that righteousness in, but, but it's because we're in that area and because we're seeking God that the people who are around us benefit as well. Mm-hmm. And it was, 
It was the same way for the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. Other nations prospered because Israel prospered. So, so uh, yeah, you have the protection of the righteous. Give us the last two there, or last, I think there's three yeah. more. So, um, in supplying the wants of God's people, uh, Genesis 22.8 and Deuteronomy 8.3 and Philippians 4.19 are verses to back that up. In giving answers to prayers, 1 Samuel 1.19, Isaiah 25, 20 and verse 5. Um, and then in the exposure and punishment of the wicked. Um, and here's kind of where uh, Rick and I kind of want to want to sit for a second because, you know, we've talked a lot about how a lot of the good things that God is provident, his God's providence is shown through. Mm-hmm. But also this last bit just, you know, just comes out and says in the exposure and punishment of the wicked. So, um, Rick, go. Okay, so what we're talking about here um, is is in in terms of apologetics, this is what we would call the problem of evil. Um, the argument against God so often is, you know, if if a loving, good God exists, how can there be evil in the world? And and where from from our theological perspective. The way, the way that we see this is evil is in the world because sin is in the world, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and God ordains and governs and manages all of this evil, and he allows certain things to happen in his providence, yet at the same time, he is not the author of sin. He's not the author of evil. He is not um, responsible for that evil. We are still responsible because it is in our... It is it is from our very core, from the sinful core mm-hmm. of man, is where this evil springs up from. So, before before the fall, you have a perfect world, and and you know I I think it's interesting that that we have we have even classified like earthquakes and and stuff like that as evil, but but the reality is an earthquake in and of itself is not evil. Now mm-hmm. the destruction of an earthquake could be classified as something terrible. But but to me right. that is not necessarily an evil. Um, an earth, earthquake is just a result of one the fallen world, but yeah, it's just something that naturally like there's nothing anyone could do to prevent an earthquake. There's nothing anyone could do to prevent a hurricane or a tornado or um or anything yeah. like that. And so we you know so those, we, those things those things can't be. Yeah, evil to, because evil is a classification of man. That's true, and 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 what they what they've done is they've classified it as they've called they call it natural evil. Um, you know, and it it's you know we hear the we hear so often it's an act of God. You know, you you talk about hurricanes being an act of God, and in in reality, yes, it is an act of God because God is the one who is managing and ordaining and and allowing certain things to happen in His providence. Um, and so, so when we talk about this idea of the problem of evil, the, the, the reality is, and, and I think we hit on this maybe a couple of weeks ago where we talked about, um, the, the question we, when we ask ourselves is, you know, why is everyone not saved? Well, that's the wrong question to ask. The question is, why is anyone saved? Mm-hmm. You know? And so the, the bigger question when I, when I approach the problem of evil is not why is there evil in the world? But my question is, why is there goodness in the world? 
mm-hmm. and there's goodness in the world because of the grace and the mercy of God. And yeah. so we see that goodness. And and I, I mean, uh, if you've paid attention at all to any news in the past week, um, you've seen the story of, of the police officer in, in, I think it was Dallas that, that's been on trial for, for murder. And then the plea of the victim's brother yeah, for, for that police officer to come to Christ, you know, and he says, you know, he says, I don't, I don't hate you. I love you. I want to see you the best. I want to see the best for you. And then he goes on and defines it. And he says, the best for you is for you to give your life to Christ. You know, how in the world do we see that type of goodness coming out of an evil act? Right. Other than the mercy and the providence of God. You know, yeah. we would have never known about that story if if an evil act would not have happened. Now, that does right. not in any way negate the evil act. Right. But what it does is it highlights the goodness and the mercy that is found mm-hmm. for people who have their hope not in things of this world, but in the things of God and, and their, their, their salvation rests in Christ alone. You know, so, so when I think about like, when I think about evil, that's the kind of stuff that I think about. I, you know, I tend to stray away from, oh, this is evil and say, okay, where is the good? What is this bad thing that's happening teaching me that I can apply something good to my life? Right. You know, because a lot mm-hmm. of times you're going to find that a lot. You know, now, now there are things that are just to their very core evil. The Holocaust would be one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the just this just this past week again, um, China, the Communist Party in China celebrated 70 years. You know, well, well that's 70 years the, of, of communism that was instituted by a guy named Mao Zedong who slaughtered something like 30 million people. Chinese mm-hmm. over his rule, you know, the guy, the yeah. guy was a, was a modern day, you know, the, the closest equivalent we would have would be like, uh, uh, Saddam Hussein or somebody like that, who just, mm-hmm. just relentlessly slaughtered people until somebody yeah. took him down. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but, but you have, you have these paragraph, get, get, walk us through that last or that second last paragraph there. Um, where Packer really breaks down this idea of different types of evils. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, you know, of all of the evils that there, there's so many evils out there that infect God's world that he created, that God put together with his hands that God just spoke in the stars and the sky were created and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, we can summarize these evils in this way and there's scripture to back all this up that God permits evil. He punishes evil with evil. Yep. He brings good out of evil. He uses evil to test and discipline those he loves. And one day he will redeem his people from the power and presence of evil altogether. So that last sentence right there is, is the key for me for the problem of evil. If, if we, if we, if there's no evil in the world, then we don't have anything to be rescued from. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to send a savior. There's no reason, you know, there's no reason for any of that to happen because there's no evil in the world. Yeah. So because there is evil in the world, because God allows and ordains evil things to happen, Mm -hmm. 
there is that need for a savior. There is that need for redemption. Yeah. And, and, and that's not to say that God like makes evil happen because evil things that happen are still acts of free will by man. Yes. But God does not always intervene to stop, stop. those evil yes. things to happen. And like we said a couple weeks ago, up until the point of action, God could always create action to stop. But once that action has happened, that action was part of God's will. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's, I mean, that's a pretty good, pretty good summary. I think Packer does a great job really unpacking um, quickly uh, the doctrine of providence. Um, It's, it's a deep, it's a difficult, I mean, it's, it's up there in the realm of like sovereignty and stuff when you have to think about it. All right. So, all right. So the, so the second section that we're going to talk about tonight is uh, miracles, which is this idea that God shows his presence and power. Um, First Kings 17, 22 is the verse Packer uses. And that says that the Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him and he lived. Um, There's not in scripture, there's not like one single word for miracle mm-hmm. air quotes miracle yeah um but there are these three different concepts that can be used to describe a miracle and they are wonder mighty work and sign yeah um rick why don't you walk us through wonder yeah so um wonder is going to be it's going to be one of those things where really it's going to kind of come down to something like creation like when you walk up to the edge of an ocean or when you when you walk up to um, the precipice of a of a big mountain and there you know you can see the valley off in the distance you you get this sense of like you realize how small you are in comparison to to the earth that you're living on and then you think about okay the earth is you know I don't know it's like a hundred and something times smaller than the sun. I don't know exactly what it is. It may be yeah. like a million. Have Have you seen that thing? That's like it's a, it's like got a picture of the Earth, and then it like zooms in. It's got like Jupiter, and it and it keeps Earth's size and in, in in scale. And yeah. Then it does like to the sun, and then it's all the stars. Yeah. So so like the Earth is minutely sized compared to the sun, and then and then I I, I didn't realize this until until I was older, but the sun is like the smallest of the stars in the, in the universe. Mm-hmm. Like it's a tiny star comparatively yeah. speaking in the universe. So this thing that, that lights warms provides, um, you know, all of this stuff for our planet, which we are just a microscopic size on is a right. microscopic thing in the, in the whole reality of the cosmos, mm-hmm. you know, all of the universes, all of the stars and, so that you know, when I think of wonder, that's what I think of. That's what you know. Yeah. Um, I really yeah. focus on the creation of God. That's what that's what yeah. I focus on, and, yeah. and the and, miracle that is His creation. Yeah, and I and I've seen not not to dive into this one too much, but I've seen that like if anything about the Earth was one degree different, or you know, if the Earth was a little closer, a little further away from the Sun, then life wouldn't be possible. Like yeah. Like there's like the the way the Earth is positioned away from the sun and how it's tilted toward the sun and all that yeah. kind of stuff. If anything about that was different, then life wouldn't be yeah. possible. There's, Scientifically, wouldn't be possible. There is. I'm I'm going to make a recommendation here, and and all of our listeners are going to stop at this point. 
Um, because this guy, and, and I'm going to come out and flat say it right now. This guy is a known certified, he is a heretic. He, he does not believe Christian teaching. Um, and, but, I, but I am going to recommend because he did this teaching a while back. It was long before he stepped on the heresy train, I, I believe. Um, but it's a guy named Rob Bell and he made this uh, video called everything is spiritual where he mm-hmm. really kind of walks through creation and, and looks at, I mean, he really looks at it scientifically, like the size of the sun and, and that what you were talking about, the, the, the spin of the earth, if the earth was spinning any faster, we would fly off of it. But if it was spinning any slower, we would be sucked into the core mm-hmm. um, because the amount of gravity, like the, the, the rate that it's spinning balances the gravity pull of the earth. Um, and so he goes into all of these and, and, and really more, more true. I'll look at it more for the scientific data than I do everything else. But he points it back to saying all of this was done by the hand and the creative finger of God. Mm -hmm. And that should establish wonder in our hearts. Um, because, because if, (coughs) excuse me, if, if the big bang is, is the source of all of this stuff, the, the, mathematical chances of something like the big bang getting this exactly right the way that it is fine-tuned the fine-tuning of the universe um is is, i mean it's like it's astronaut like you would you would probably win the lottery like a hundred times before i've i've seen another video that explains that too I'll have to look that up. Mm-hmm. We'll try to find that for, for yeah. next time. We'll leave it's, that. With, we'll, I mean, there's, there's so much of this like scientific yeah. data. But then you also think about like not just the wonder of the Earth's creation. Like, we're gonna sit here for a minute. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so not only the wonder of Earth's creation, but like of, of the Earth's creation, but also like the wonder of our existence as people. Like yeah. not not like as a people, but as individuals. Like the mathematical chances of me being exactly who I am. Yeah. Well, I, like just I'm- just thinking about that. I've is, even heard I've even heard physicians like doctors say that every child who is born alive is basically a walking miracle in a, in and of itself mm-hmm. because like all of the things that happen during childbirth like that that should kill the child mm-hmm. and and but because we've been graced with modern medicine and, and advancements and all this kind of stuff we have a mm-hmm. much higher rate of of successful births but like I mean even back in the day, the reason they had 40 and 50 kids way back then was because the majority of them died. Yeah. You know? So, but yeah, that, so, so there's your wonder. Um, so, so the next one is mighty work. Um, this just focuses on the impression that miracles make. Um, and then it points to, um, presence in Bible history of supernatural acts. Like, when God would raise people from the dead, yeah, which ha- which Jesus did three times, not including his own, yep. Um, and uh, then Elijah, 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 Elisha, Peter, Paul, yeah, they Peter all did, did it, it once. So it's this, it's this notion that like th- something has happened that should not be possible to happen. It defies the laws of nature. Yeah. You know, it it would yeah, be, like, it would be like, what we would call supernatural. Yeah, like the like the burning of the bush, or um, like the talking burning bush, or the fiery furnace. Yeah. So, but yeah, there's that's mighty work. So, the the you know something 
happens that should not physically be able to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the only explanation for it is that it was, it was the work of God. It has, yeah. to, it has to be explained by the work of God. Yeah. So the, the last thing that Packer mentions is, is sign. Um, and this was, this one became common, um, really in the time of the prophets and in the time of the apostles. Mm-hmm. Um, because you would have, you'd have these people who would be skeptical, skeptical and, and the Pharisees were, or I'm sorry, the Sadducees were pretty well known for this. Like they, they wanted to see signs for everything. They believed that they were heavy believers in miracles and signs and things like that. And so they wanted to see a sign for everything. Um, and that's why you really have that's why you really have like the whole gospel of John the 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 mm-hmm. other kind of that the the first section of the gospel of John is called the book of signs because John tells you at the end that he wrote these things in this gospel so that we would believe these are the signs that that point to Christ as the son of God and so he writes mm-hmm. these things so that we would believe that Christ is the son of God mm-hmm. um and so, so when when we talk about signs, we you know we talk about again. You're you're um, going back to Elisha. I, I think about Elijah and the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And and to me, this is like this is more like comedy slash sign than it is anything else. But but you have the prophets of Baal who are you know doing their dancing, and Elijah's kind of over there like mocking them. He's like, maybe if you scream a little bit louder, maybe he's just on the toilet. Yeah. And, <laughs> And, and, and he's, he's, he's borderline mocking these people. And then he says, okay, you want a sign? Let me show you what a sign is. Take water, dump it onto my altar, because the, the sign that they were supposed to be calling for is fire from heaven. Mm-hmm. He's like, yep. fill, fill my water or fill my altar with water. Um, so, and they dug a moat around it, filled it up with water. The, the altar is soaking wet. The moat around it's filled with water. And then Elijah says, basically, Give them a sign. Show them your power, and and fire from heaven comes down, consumes the altar, consumes the uh, sacrifice on the altar, consumes all the water in the moat around it, and you know, and and the prophets of Baal are like, uh, okay, yeah, we didn't know your God could do that, you know, and and yeah. uh, and I think he even consumed the the sacrifice that they had put on for Baal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sac- sacrifice, is sacrifice. It- Consume their sacrifice yeah. as well. That's so absolutely like, right. Like, not only am I the am I the God of Elisha, but I'm also you know I rule over you too. And that again, that goes back to his providence. He's saying mm-hmm. I rule over you whether you whether you respect me or not, whether you acknowledge me or not. I still rule over you. Yeah. And then they also you know those miracles also or signs. Sorry, the signs authenticate Elijah and Elisha, yeah. and they authenticate those guys as representatives and messengers of god God, yeah so so they're not just like guys who are like in the boardroom with god like they are the mouthpieces of the lord for that time so so this is where we make this extremely applicable for christians today do not walk into some somewhere and go hey you guys want to see a sign from god because i'm gonna i'm gonna say it like matt chandler does you're not elijah (laughs) yeah (laughs) So, you know, the the sign that we have as Christians is that Christ was crucified, died, was buried, and was raised back to life. That is the mm-hmm. sign that we have. That was the ultimate revelation. 
And so that is the sign that we continually point back to because there is no other signs needed after that. And, right. and if you, I mean, that, if you want the, to get into that a little bit, you go look up the writings of guys like Gary Habermas who have done so much historical writing on the resurrection of Christ that, that, I mean, what he writes is, is almost incontrovertible from a secular historian's point of view. I mean, there are secular mm-hmm. historians that, that will not disagree with Gary Habermas because of the amount of research and actual documented proof that he has about the mm-hmm. death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, so you know, when you when you say when we say sign, we're not we're still not looking for signs. We're not trying to get people's legs to grow another inch, um, or or you know, if if God chooses to heal somebody because we pray for them, that's great. But we don't use that as a sign to say to say, to put God, you know, as this, to paint him like this genie in a bottle type thing. Yeah. Right. You know, where, where if you, if you rub the bottle and pray, right, that, that you're going to get your three wishes granted. Yeah. You know, that was, and, that was the point of signs back then, but that's not the point of signs now. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah. What's next? Yeah. Um, so Packer just kind of wraps up the whole thing. He says that, um, that believing in the miracles found in scripture and then also that we experience today, whether it's in creation or um, in birth or, or whatever it is, um, that the, the believing in those as miracles is vital to being a believer in Jesus. Um, to believe that things such as Jesus' virgin birth and his death and burial resurrection, like to believe that those things didn't happen would be to believe that Jesus isn't who he says he is. Yeah. Um, like, like if, if you claim to be a believer, but also claim that, Oh, Jesus wasn't immaculately conceived. Then you don't believe what you claim to believe. Yeah. Um, you can't believe, or you can't claim to be a, to be a Christian and then also claim that the miracles in scripture didn't happen or exactly can, can be explained away either by science or reason. Exactly. Yeah. There has to be There's, something supernatural about them or they're not miracles. Yeah. There has to be an element of faith in those miracles. Yeah. Um, because that's part of this, this life as a believer is believing in something that you cannot explain and that you'll never be able to understand or never be able to explain. Yep. So, there you go. There we have it. Anything else you want to add on miracles? Mm, no. <laughs> I think we've hashed that one out. Yeah. So there you have it. The Sam Adams was good. We talked about ha- providence. Mm-hmm. Providence and miracles. Um, just looking ahead. Uh, what are we hitting up gl- next? Glory, idolatry, angels, Ooh, demons. Angels. That'll be fun. Satan. That's that's in a it's, few sections. It's gonna be a it good like, it's gonna be a good it, month of October, man. <laughs> it looks like they're it looks like we're kind of doing like opposites here the next few yeah few weeks. So anyway, um, don't forget to to hit us up on the social all media. our all our social media. We're on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore um, Twitter we're on beers and Bible P one. Mm-hmm. Email is beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And feel free to follow, like, share. Please share. 
DM us um, beer suggestions or comments you have about the podcast. We're uh, we're eleven episodes in. We're we're trying to keep this thing rolling. And we cannot do it without our listeners. We so. need you. We need you. Sorry. <laughs> es- es- especially, especially due to the uh, nature of our positions. We yeah. can't just openly share and try to get people to, to listen. So, But if anyone has any ends with any, any well-known beer drinking folks, that'd be, that'd be a or good place to start. If you just have lots of friends. Yeah, that too. Do that. Tell your friends. So, I mean... The best yeah. way to do it is to tell your friend down the street. So, yeah. So, hey, but we've enjoyed this round one of Oktoberfest, mm-hmm. and and looking forward to the next three that we stumble across, three yep. or four, however many we're gonna get to. Should yeah. be a pretty pretty fun month diving into Oktoberfest. Until next week, we want you to have a good week. Yep, and peace out. See you later. You enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible. Please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. 